Welcome to Black Oil and Bee Stings, the officially unofficial podcast for X-Files on Fox. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 10, Episode 4, entitled Home Again. Yes, uh, we are. What do you think of this episode? Um, I actually enjoyed it a lot. I thought, I, I, and I don't know how much of this is my expectations, because honestly, I was buying in a little bit to the conspiracy theory that the airing order was changed around because Chris Carter wasn't sure about what he had in the back half, so he moved huh. the strongest mo- Monster of the Week episodes up to episodes one, two, and three. Well, one, you couldn't do anything about. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man, maybe the one they swapped out, the Were Monster and and uh, the Founder's Mutation, is a real dog. But I thought this was a really strong, one of the creepier, scarier Monsters of the Week. Little, mm-hmm. And I thought the stuff with Scully was really strong and really showcased Gillian Anderson. Yeah. I think the the only thing I can be critical of the episode... Other than just, you know, you're not an A-plus X-Files episode, is the fact that they tried to shoehorn the trash man's theme a little too hard onto the William Scully grief angle. And I thought the trash man, like the explanation of the trash man was a little heavy handed. Like, that, but that's the thing. I think the reason the reason it was is because yeah, they wanted they really to make needed the, to make they that. needed Scully to be bawling and saying, I want to believe I didn't throw my son away like trash. Right. Right. Which I thought harmed a pretty, uh, almost made it a parody of a very serious good moment between both Duchovny and Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I I feel roughly the same. I really enjoyed some parts of this episode, mm-hmm. mostly the arm ripping. Yeah. Uh, it's it's It was in the stalking. The stalking. It was like, pretty horrific. Yeah. And it was a cool concept, too. Like, I like the idea of this art kind of, you know, this idea come to life and made manifest. Yeah, and... Uh, the X-Files have gone through the Gollum well a few times. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's funny because I was talking last week about one of my favorite kind of comedy X-Files episodes was where um, Mulder and Scully pose as newlyweds moving into a very controlled housing edition. And I totally <laughs> forgot that the monster of the week for that episode was basically a trash Gollum. Okay. Uh, it, it almost exactly huh. like, and there was a, a couple of reviews that pointed out a lot of the uh, similarities, and maybe there's also some uh, like pointed criticism because I guess Mulder referred to that as a tulpa, huh. and okay. then he corrected it and and kind of gave the same line. I didn't I didn't have time to go back and watch it. I wanted to though, um, and and kind of his dialogue was a refutation of his previous theory. Uh huh. Uh, which He's is kind of like a thing or two. Yeah, it's kind of an inside joke. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. I, the Gollum, I think, is a not as frequently mine vein of yeah. of monster lore that you get in kind of in in, in Western civilization, and uh-huh. uh, I always think they're kind of creepy and cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, not bad, not bad. Should we get into the recap? <clears throat> I think we shall. Okay. Start off with the homeless being washed off the streets of West Philadelphia. <laughs> sure. Uh, anytime I hear West Philadelphia, I can only born think and, of the Fresh Prince. You got to say, born and raised. You have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trash truck pulls up, drops off some crazy looking dude who we don't get a great look at. He's kind of far away at, at right now, uh, who follows the guy doing the washing of the homeless down mm-hmm. the street into his office and rips him to pieces. Yep. And he takes his arms and gets back into the trash truck. I mean, there's a lot of little touches here that I liked. I like this establishing shot, making it clear that we are watching this episode on the day it happens. Right, 
right? I thought that was crazy. Like that that kind of has to be hard to do. I, I wonder if they did that late in the post-production when they knew what the... Because we know that Maybe the so. airing order was changed, so it had uh-huh. to be something that they either left at the last minute or corrected. But it's just little touches that I think it's kind of, you know, gives you a little bit of tingles as a viewer. Yeah, for sure. I liked uh, it. I liked the fact that, you know, they, they really do a lot of things that kind of add to the mystique of the monster, like as soon as he walks in the building... The guy has an uncontrollable urge to retch just because right. of the stench of the thing. He's a trash man. Sure. Uh, the silhouette <laughs> of him just kind of glowering outside the door while this guy is cowering with his uh, gun uh, was mm-hmm. very, very nice. Um, and also the way he tucks himself into the garbage truck and the compressor comes down was just like, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because I, I always go in these X-Files episodes trying to go Scooby-Doo mode, like quickly de- determine whether this is a supernatural thing or this is some kind of government weirdness or is this pseudoscience that they bent into real science. And something like that pretty much says, okay, this is, this is some kind of fucked up supernatural yeah, thing. For sure. Uh, and we get a lot more of that later on. Yes. Uh, and I was also like at this point wondering, okay, what are – the abilities of the trash man here because he appears to warp around and now that could be for effect that could be for uh that that could be to really show that he can warp around and i guess that's that's the conclusion i drew that he can yeah. kind of just warp wherever he wants to appear wherever he wants yeah i mean it would uh, you know i the other thing i really love is i love rule systems and it would have been cooler if i think we could have like he can only warp with puddles or i'd Right, you know, right. or, or can, where there's a piece of art, or, something. or manifest yeah. where there's trash, or something. <laughs> I, um, I, I wish I had more of that to chew on because I think that's uh, what sets the really cool monsters of the week apart. But um, still, I, th- I think he can turn into his own art, like his own painting. It does seem like he can either pop in, in or out. Yeah, but see, the first time I watched it, I. Uh, it took me a while to connect the fact that the reason he went missing off the billboard is because the art collector stole him. Yeah, yeah. They, it wasn't like he did that. But then he was a that canvas was blank though. Yeah. Yeah. When he when pops he off left of it. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so they. I think that even though I came to the wrong conclusion initially, I think it's right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also question the truck. Like, who's driving the trash man around? They're clearly idling, waiting I... for him. I was trying to make a theory fit that the so there's two two the guys you got the trash man is the artist the band-aid okay. nose man is right. the golem or the tulpa or the tulka or whatever the hell it is and I I was trying to think of a case where you know the trash man was the guy driving the broken down old garbage truck to depot they were working in tandem gotcha and I was looking for clues like uh the first art collector uh, or the art dealer was killed by having a bag over his head, strangling him. Mm-hmm. And also, I thought that it was weird during his not confession for his manifesto scene that you know he was trying to wash his hands of all any kind of guilt or wrongdoing. I thought it'd be interesting if he was somehow aiding or abetting, and that was a hint that you know the tra- the the band aid nose man just rips people apart. This guy strangled him, but I I don't know. Now I'm now I'm coming to the theory that the garage or the garbage the the garbage truck was just a physical manifestation of his supernaturalness just like the band-aid that yeah he left behind i think that's what i came to as well i i don't think there was anybody actually driving that truck other than but we also know there's multiple creatures walking around too 
Right, right in the basement. So of maybe that building. he's got a little buddy that he that he uh, takes in these jobs with him. He he you know, like got his clay out and made a trash truck driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. I don't know. It's also it's like um, I wonder what activity was well, like. What? How long has this Band-Aid nose man been operating, and what were his first victims? Because by the time he rolls up on the first victim that we see, the director of the HUD agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bums know enough that, like, when the trash truck rolls, you zip up your tent and you get off the street and you make yourself scarce. And he's already kind of famous. So I wonder what, like, what activity he's been doing in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia before Mulder and Scully even hit the scene. Yeah, I I get the impression that it is an ongoing thing, right? Like, yeah. um, the 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 homeless, the sweeping of the homeless to another location didn't just start. So. The other thing is, um, so, I mean, dealing with the homeless is a really difficult and complex issue. Sure. Uh, what to do about how to properly feed and clothe and house these people. And there's all different, you know, I kind of kept abreast of, like, you know, what how things are going in, like, Oregon and Seattle and how things are going in Utah, of all places, seems to have, like, some pretty progressive uh, policies for how to deal with that. Like, essentially... Huh build them free apartments and put them up there. And eventually after they get on their feet, they want to get jobs. It's crazy. It's almost like people want to work and better themselves. Um, right. So, or bury them in the salt flats. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> for the recross, the recalcitrant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a last ditch effort. <laughs> um, but I was trying to see the sinisterness because when they finally, I thought the hospital was going to be some kind of fucking Arkham city, Batman, bullshit yeah but it looked like a fairly clean facility where everyone could have their own private rooms and yes it's insensitive that you separate them from their dogs and you have to fit all that but it's like it didn't seem like a terrible plan move these people all indoors give them housing um i mean yeah you want to demolish the sidewalk they're squatting on to build townhouses or condos which i guess is evil but they're sleeping on the streets yeah right if you want to separate like the the goal from the motives i yeah. guess sure the motives are impure obviously all around right um but the goal is kind of where you want to get them to i don't know and I, I, but the, and I thought that they had to go over the top with the methods of rousting the bums uh-huh. with the you know water cannons and the you know kind of the guy being over the top and insensitive and and dealing with the relocation to distract you from the fact that, like, why are we against this idea? Mm. Taking a, a, a building and refurbishing it and putting a bunch of homeless people in it? Like, I don't know. Maybe that was they're going to didn't they're going to lock the doors and firebomb the place. I don't I don't know the whole plan, but I, the whole time I'm like, <laughs> right, right. Well, wait till I see the hospital. It's going to make sense when I see the hospital. And they go to the hospital and it's like, hey, this looks suspiciously like a decently nice public building in Toronto, for example, or Va- Vancouver. Sure. This doesn't look like a hellhole. Yeah, I also wonder about, like, the people in the building. Like, the gentrification issue is kind of a hot-button one right now because it's happening all over the place. Uh, and it it pushes people out who may enjoy their home, you know? Sure. Who may, who may like living where yeah, they live yeah. and who are actually paying for it and, like, are not homeless, but the they are considered undesirable yeah. for whatever reason. I just I wish the politics were something more I could sh- sink my teeth into either for or against because else they they all just kind of felt like 
hmm. plot MacGuffins. Yeah, which is all they were really meant to be, I think. Yeah. Um, other than you know the idea of not treating people like trash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which true. is which is very heavy handed later on. True. But we'll get there. The other thing that tickled me in this this opening, uh, cold open, kind of cold open, I guess, uh, is Gata. Lieutenant Gata was the guy who got his arms ripped off. Oh, okay. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Number one. He's oh, what? He's, he was just HUD douche number one to me. Oh, okay. You don't remember him from Battlestar? No. Okay. No, and he is not in the he's not in the board game either. If you're in the board, if you made it to the board game, I probably got a good handle yeah, on. Yeah, he's not. You're yeah. right. But if you didn't make the board game, then I have mixed feelings on Lieutenant Gata. Okay. But, but uh, I like seeing him, the actor. Anyway, uh, Mulder and Scully uh, show up on the scene of this crime to investigate, and it's. They they find these footprints without ridges, and they find the body torn apart, not mm-hmm. not cut apart. And Mulder sees a piece of art with the trash man on it uh, outside on the billboard. And Scully gets a call from her brother saying her mother's in the hospital, and she takes off. Uh, I I like how they introduce Mulder and Scully here. The nice hero shot of the guy on the floor looking up at him, and they he just sees their badges, the badges yeah. with their pictures. Yeah, and and I love Mulder and Scully's face to their reaction. Like, hey, I called you in because you guys are supposed to be good at these, you know, spooky cases. Uh-huh. Like Mulder kind of purses his lips, and Scully's <laughs> like, oh. uh, I would love to get a gif of that. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, good stuff. What also I, I like is Mulder. He's like mumbling in the background about you know in the medieval times it took four horses charging at full speed in opposite directions to rip a man and mm-hmm. apart like that. And I'm like, is that what it took, or is that just what they did? Right. Like I think could they have had like I think four two men reasonably like maybe not even strong just mid level horses at a steady pace could pull a man in half right with I, maybe a little more of a pulley system yeah to, to get the leverage you need yeah like <laughs> i i don't think the fact that you can't fit four horses in this man's office is is, is case closed here Mulder. that's just is that what he was getting at that's just uh what do they call it uh, an upper estimate for how much work it would take mm. to do the job i'm pretty sure there's there's room to get a lower end estimate in there yeah probably for example one trash column can yes. sufficiently motivated do the same damage for sure and it, apparently he like he takes several rips he takes several stabs at it yeah so he rips the arms off arms and i then... guess he rips the legs off he rips the Did head he rip off the legs? i thought it was his, his arms and legs uh well it was definitely head the head ended up in the trash can sure. and both arms so yeah. you can't rip a head and both arms off at the same time no no so he goes to town he yeah. does takes multiple passes <laughs> Uh, what did you think of the Scully chest cam when she's going down the, I, I presumably, the, yeah, when she was kind of fleeing the scene, going to her mom in the hospital, she's walking down the staircase, and they did the effect where oh yeah, they, yeah. there's mounting, I think how they do this, they strap a camera to a person's chest, so sure. it stays fixed with their body, and it just makes look at the world spinning around them. Yeah, and then they blur it and... Yeah, they did this twice. They did it later Perfect. on with, um, I think they did it with uh, who the person I call the uh, school board bitch. Uh, Huff. Huff, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, the one who gets ripped. The, the, gnome, the gnome lady lawn, the gnome lawn lady. Bla- Black haired, gets yeah. ripped uh, to downtown. Sure, sure. Okay, yeah. I think they did the same effect too. I don't know. I, I felt, I, it's weird. I was affectionately calling this trash golem Trash the Ripper. Trash the Ripper? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Because he's a trash man, and Jack the Ripper, he goes oh. in and he rips people. Okay, I wasn't getting the Jack literally. trash. I was like, trash the Ripper. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Uh, anyway, Mulder... That's trashed and ripped your nickname, but how do you like that? <laughs> uh, Mulder reviews the security camera footage, and he discovers that the attacker was very tall and that the art on the billboard was put up the night before uh, between between the ripping and him getting there. I thought it was cool, too, because you hear these, these, these like, thunk noises, and there's three of them, and you realize after Mulder's discussion that we were hearing the guy bend the cameras out of place. Yeah. I wonder why a trash golem would care that he's on camera. I don't know. I mean, a meta reason is because I don't think they did any... I, I thought the more we saw this guy, the less scary he was. Uh, and if I was going to reshoot okay. this, I would never have done a close-up of him. I would have stick mm. to you know, illuminating him through thunderclaps or lightning flashes, long shots down hallways, shadows against walls and windows... It's kind of like the Jaws phenomenon. Once, once sure. you know, he started eating, uh, eating the dude at the boat. You could tell it's a mechanical mo- shark. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of always how horror movies go. Like they keep it mysterious for a long time, and then at the end they show you. There's very few. Like I feel like Predator is one of those example. The original um, is one of those examples where the monster reveal kind of like, oh yeah, that's still horrific. Sure, it's, it's yeah, actually yeah. kind of scarier now, <laughs> right? Where the monster is well designed enough. Alien to be, holds up the same, uh, you know, kind of same genre. There's a few few times where the the final reveal of the monster is horrific enough that you don't feel that way. But this is definitely right. a little bit of letdown. And they tried okay. to, you know, they tried. Did you think he was also falling apart more as the episode went on? No, I thought he was just leaking trash, like uh, and and trash juice and okay. water and like okay. ugh, just gross trash Yeah, because he's not exactly a rotting corpse he's <laughs> yeah yeah it becomes apparent that he's not that he is in fact supernatural because sure. he's not organic he's not inorganic he's yep. some substance that's unknown yep i mean that seems like a logical conflict to me you have to be one or the other <laughs> i was the same thing i was like wait <laughs> like, wait well hold you on you literally hold on. can't it's... be anything other than those two things yeah like and, and also that would be that's something I think a crime lab guy would be calling dudes from MIT and right. like, I've got I, a physical specimen I, I can see, Nobel I can Prize. touch, I can smell, <laughs> and it tests as negative in every single test I can run against. It's just, right. that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I guess it's like if you run up against a plasma and you only know that there's gas, solid, and liquid, sure. yeah. and you're like, what the fuck is this? There's a new state this? of matter, I'm going to win the Nobel, and I'm going to be famous. Yeah. Didn't didn't know that when I was scraping shit off the floor today. <laughs> right. Um, but so we're talking about all this because on his way out of the office, Mulder finds this Band-Aid stuck to the bottom of his shoe, pulls it off, says this might be interesting, and tucks it in a napkin for later. Of course he did. I wouldn't want that thing anywhere on my person. I'd be like, evidence bag? Yeah. Evidence bag. That looked pretty gross. It looked very gross. And you know it stank <laughs> to high heaven, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Scully arrives at the hospital where her mother is unconscious in bed. And the doctor said she was briefly conscious, and she asked about her youngest son, Charlie. And I thought the, Scully the, the nurse slash doctor was really cold. Why? Like, really? My my brother, Charlie? Not mean? I'm a, nope, nope, just Charlie. Nope. In fact, she said something <laughs> about fuck Dana. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. Uh, fuck Bill. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just Charlie. All the time, Charlie. Charlie. She wouldn't stop talking about Charlie. <laughs> Wrote in my note, big letters, Charlie. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. Just let me go back to talking to my mom off at death's door now. All right. Uh, yeah, she asked her not to go home just yet where we get the title of the episode. Hmm. You know, and a lot of people speculated, uh, and I'm glad I didn't see this until I'd seen the show or I'd be disappointed, that 
this was going to be an a uh, riff off the classic home episode right yeah because it involved the same kind of production people i think it was uh the one the other mm, yeah I'm not sure. darren morgan the other morgan brother morgan brother Norman Morgan. It's not Norman. <laughs> it's definitely not. Uh, Glenn. Fox Morgan. Glenn Morgan. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it is. is. Okay, Morgan. okay. Um, but, and I, I read an interview with him where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that's, that was definitely, uh, we were aware that people might get that kind of, I'm like, wow, and you still called it that. That's ballsy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew there was an episode called Home, and I was thinking the same thing, even though I don't know what that episode's I mean, about. it seems like if you canvas a, a group of X-Files fan and says, give us your creepiest, you know, your top five creepy, scary episodes. Oh, Home is the, the incest. Yes. The, oh, no. That's going to be on everyone's oh, top five list. That's totally on my top five. So you call this Home Again, or whatever it was it Home Again? Yeah. Uh, I f- and, and have that name attached to it. Like, huh. I, that felt like Dirty Pool. It didn't affect my enjoyment because I found this all out in post show post watch research. But right, right, yeah, glad I didn't make jump to that conclusion. Yeah, me too. I I didn't think about it because I didn't realize that was that episode. Mm. But man, I love that episode. Uh, what did you think about? I thought I thought Jillian Anderson did a lot of good work here with yeah. her comatose mother. Uh, that and Mulder at the end. I mean, yeah, she does a lot of great stuff this episode. But her trying to get her mom because she's just not ready for her mom to go yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty good. And then when she finally does that scene where she's like, I just need to work. I just got to yeah. work. Mm-hmm. That was good, too. Yep. Uh, anyway, we go to an alley where Mulder interrupts an argument between Landry and Huff, who have different opinions on moving the homeless for their own selfish reasons. Uh, Mulder asks who speaks for the homeless, and a guy in the alley says, the Band-Aid nose man. <laughs> and he walks off. And... Band-Aid nose nose. <laughs> and the section of the billboard where the Band-Aid nose man art was is gone. Gone. Yeah. Uh, I thought the dialogue at the very beginning of this was hilarious where they're arguing and he's like, are you threatening me? And she basically says yes. And he's like, well, stop. <laughs> Does that work? Can you tell know. someone to just stop threatening you? Is that? I don't know. I thought it was, I I kind of liked it because Mulder called him out on their dueling false concern. Right. Yeah. Very insightful Mulder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we go back to the hospital. Scully takes her mother's jewelry out of an envelope and uh, finds this quarter on a necklace, and then she gets a call from Bill. She tells him get here soon, and that Mom wanted to be keep kept alive at all costs, and she signed some thing mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's with this jewelry? I I did a little reading, but I did you... too, and I was very disappointed. Okay. Uh, the other thing we want to mention is she also has this fixation on a patient being taken away with a yellow plastic sheet, which I guess on a yellow gurney, which I guess is the uh, body har- organ harvest team. Okay. Because I make that association very clear. So later huh. on, you would realize it when she starts screaming and overreacting to it. Oh, I didn't pay any attention. So to I that. read. I read this in, uh, interview with the the writer, writer, co-writer, and director, and he said that he lifted this from his personal life. His his mother died in two thousand nine. She had this identical quarter necklace. No one knew why. His dad claimed to know what the purpose was, but he said, I don't really want to know because you probably don't have it right. And it's just, I prefer yeah. it to remain a mystery. And I'm like, I was kind of excited because I'm like, huh, I wonder, you know, this is 1954 quarter. I think it was, 50, it may have been 59. Oh, was it? Uh, I would have paid more attention, except for I read this article after my first watch. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, like I don't know about that. Like in a show this steeped in myth- mythology and meanings and stuff, you just go and insert a, an irrelevant personal detail. Yeah, something that and, intentionally means nothing. And have a character ponder on what it means. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, I, I guess it's valid. It, I feel like it's valid to throw stuff like that in there. I'm not being overly critical. I'm just saying that it feels yeah. like, as an X Files fan, a little indulgent when you can probably predict that people are going to be analyzing what is the meaning or did I forget something that happened in the old series? Yeah, I was like, was there an episode where like William gave this quarter to her? That's or I was racking like, my brain like, God damn it, this is where I'm going to look like a <laughs> fake X Files fan because it's been so long and right. like I, you know, I knew that Scully's mom factored in a lot of the episodes. Mm. Uh, flashbacks with her sister and all, but I couldn't remember anything about this quarter. And also, and then I started wondering, you know, like, oh, I wonder what it means that these two naval officers, you know, witnessed her changing suddenly of her do not resuscitate form or her living will. And right. like, I wonder how this fits in at the mythos. Did she see something she shouldn't have? Did they lean on her? The, I, but now it's like you find that the quarter was just some random detail from the director's life. I don't know if any of this stuff has meaning. Yeah, yeah, it's a, but they invite it's a you, good question. They invite you to, to ask those questions. They do, and I, I, it certainly means something to Scully in the end, right? Like she comes, she comes to acknowledge its meaning in lack of meaning. Like I, I won't ever get to know what William is doing or how he's, yeah, like what his life is like, or ask him any questions or anything. And that quarter kind of now represents that to Scully. Hmm. I wonder if she's going to carry that quarter necklace around now. I hope as much stuff as we get about William, that William does factor in. I was surprised they went ham on William. They doubled down on on William. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The other thing I'm not sure about is, you know, because Scully seems so. There's got to be something more to this because Scully talked about how she had these long conversations with her mom about her wishes and her experience that she had. um, with the uh, the coma that they did flashbacks for in this episode really changed her mind, and she wanted everything done. I mean, there is a, a giant mystery about the circumstances of why this all changed, and the fact that she wouldn't yeah. talk about this with Scully. I'm surprised Scully actually wasn't gone into high-end conspiracy theory talk, because that's just the kind of thing that make you scratch your head, and like, I, I gotta right. solve this mystery. This doesn't add up. I wonder up. if she'll go there. Like... You know, after she kind of deals with the trauma of it all, the initial trauma. Yeah, it's the other thing that came to light in this, the the interview that I read with Mr. Morgan, was that he originally envisioned, or maybe this is just his wish, is that he wishes he could do the Trashman episode and then a standalone Scully episode where she finds mm-hmm. out her mom and they, you know, maybe you actually get her brothers there on the set and you can do more with the... Th- and because they only had six episodes, it's like, well, we'll just take those two ideas and kind of weld them together. Huh. I wonder I I wonder what that would be like because to me it felt like there was almost not enough of these ideas to to fill out the episode period. Yeah, I I I don't know what a non like what a two episode arc looks like for these two stories. Yeah. Well, if, if you like how, have... how do they connect them together? Like you can't just I don't do the trash do. man and then the next episode do a scully with the necklace thing. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I think you could. You could have. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know either because it's kind of sideline Scully for most of the episode too. It does. Mulder yeah. had to do most of the 
the heavy lifting himself on the investigation, which is fine yeah. because it seems like mostly it's been Scully doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> and she does episodes. the heavy lifting when it comes to tackling people. I mean, sure. once again, she, she goes She turned in into and... the heavy. Right. She really has. Mulder doesn't do stairs, so she's nope. got to make up for the slack. Yep, yep. Uh, anyway, the, we uh, go to the lab where Mulder... A uh, lab tech tells Mulder that there's no organic or inorganic material on the Band-Aid he found, but there's something there. Um, and then we go back to Dana, who is questioning the methods of treatment for her mother. Sure. Because, uh, you know, that's probably what you'd do. If you're a doctor. I imagine the yeah. worst patient you can have is another doctor. Probably. Sure. Uh, and she finds out that her mother has signed this DNR last year that she didn't know about. I thought it was funny the nurse or the doctor just happened to have her mom's uh, medical will or what do you call that? Advanced medical directive uh-huh. in her hands. Like when she, she says, she's like, or... nurse, I want to ask or uh, I, I want to ask oh, you about yeah. your the saline thing. And she just walks up like with the form in hand and said, you know, deal with it. Yeah. It's a TV show. She just <laughs> had it. She just, she just had it there. I don't know. Why did she need to have it? Like. She could always she say, like, we said, have your mom's yeah. we have your, your your mom's copy on file. You can look at it if you want. Dana would have been like, no, <laughs> let me see it. <laughs> Fine. Fine, but... I've got it in my hands. Yeah, here, throw it at you. <laughs> uh, so the people who took the billboard uh, art check out their score. Unfortunately, the score comes to life and rips them apart, and the blood splatters on the canvas, creating a new piece of art called Signed by the Trash Man. Uh, really creepy setting. I like the I like this a lot. The sheets over all of the statues because mm-hmm. I I was expecting one of those to be like start moving. Okay, yeah. Anytime I see a humanoid figure in a scary show covered by a sheet, it's like it's that creepy. thing's gonna sit up or move or do something fucked up. Uh, nope, nope. He just stepped right out of the painting and went to town. Yeah, really, man. I love these rips. I can't get enough of them. It, they were really well done. <laughs> Super well done. I did some slow mo on them, and they're like really impressive. I feel like they just they handed him you know body parts and he hides them behind his chest and then yeah, they does. yell action and he just pulls them and out. Some dude with a bucket of blood just you know throws it up from out of yeah yeah. But I'm, I'm they just it, it was really effective. Yeah, good practical effects work. Bravo. Yeah, you have much to be proud of. And I thought are. it was really cool when the blood splattered over the canvas. Oh yeah, it became like this new piece of art. Yeah. Which I wonder if they're going to understand that that is not the piece of art that was there before. Like when they go investigate this scene, or if they're going to think that this is just, I think Mulder, they've got it. They've got to see. Yeah, Mulder's going to know. This is the guy's blood. Here's the splatter pattern. For Plus, sure. that was the painting that went missing. And here, right? Do you think that that's a de- that's a thing? Do people actually? I don't know. Is Banksy's art still where he left it? I don't because I would think if anybody would be a candidate for that, it'd probably be. But him. that's the thing. Like if it's painted on a brick building, you're kind of sol. Right. You're not going to like. I mean, maybe It'd you tough. would. It'd be real hard, but to it's get not that something you're going to do and then sell on the black market because someone's going to be like, "Where the hell is my wall?" <laughs> right. Um. It's it's hard, to especially Sotheby's, right? Like they're pretty sure. well respected. You sure. go in there with some stolen art, they're probably like, eh, "I don't know." But billboards, I don't feel like billboards get a lot of graffiti. Mm, yeah. Not ones in, in major urban ones, centers. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway, we go back to the hospital. Dana or. The doctor is telling Dana that they have to respect her mother's wishes uh, about the DNR when Mulder shows up at the hospital and says, hey, I'm here. Uh, calls her on her phone. I don't know why he does that. Well, probably because most of these wards have, like, passcodes, so you just can't have idiots coming in and getting Family access only to it. Yeah, thing. so 
like the you know, last few times I've had relatives in the hospital, you had to do that thing. So nah. if you didn't know, you could wait and deal with the nurses, or you could just call someone on their cell phone and have them come out and get you. Okay. Especially if you can do the whole touching the glass and looking at you like a sad puppy dog <laughs> right. angle. I thought it was for so effect. Well. No, I, no, I think Mulder does things for effect every once in a while. <laughs> sure. It's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Huff, who delivers this injunction to Landry the to stop him. The long-known lady. Right. To the bad suit man. <laughs> Huff and Landry, yes. I'm just trying to use the trash man's uh, own words. Like, Okay. I don't know this Huff. I don't know this Landry. Yeah, so she tries to stop the transportation of the homeless by delivering this injunction. Um, it, we... Is this where we find out about the the spray the spray paint in the next scene with the lab technician? Huh. I think it is. Hmm. I don't think so. Like, uh, no, that's a couple scenes down. That's a couple scenes is down. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's right after the scene where Scully uh, has to work right now because that next scene is they're back in Philadelphia getting the lab results of the, the spray paint. Okay. Uh the next scene is Mulder explaining the details of the case that he's discovered to Scully. Yeah. Um, she doesn't seem super concerned with that. She's more concerned with uh, why her mother would ask for Charlie. She doesn't, she doesn't uh, care about the big questions. She just wants to ask her mom some smaller ones. Right. And she shows Mulder this, this quarter necklace and tells him, I don't fucking get it. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, the doctors take Scully's mom off of life, life support. Mm-hmm. She's not dead yet. No, she says this isn't a termination. She's just not being kept alive. This is just a, you know, shit might happen and we don't do shit. <laughs> <Right. laughs> this is the precursor for things to come. Sure. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything about that or keep rolling, but I'm going to keep rolling. Yep. I think Huff, we, we discussed a quarter enough. Yeah. Uh, Huff goes home. Black, black-haired gnome blonde lady. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Blonde gnome lady. Uh, Huff goes home, and there's a midnight snack and coffee montage. I don't know why she's drinking coffee so late. It's a bad idea, lady. Uh, it's set to downtown. Also, does she, is she have no family? She seems awfully concerned to the school board, too. She does. She has a husband. She gets a call from him. Oh, okay. What about the kids? These kids are all just there. She comes home to know. an empty house, and they're just squared away? I get the feeling that... Trash isn't man, she or like the, a the politician nose, or something? Band-Aid nose man put him to bed? Because <laughs> he's upstairs. I think she's she's just looking out for a district. I don't. Okay. I don't know. All right. I'm not sure exactly who she is. She said that's the thing. She she said she was. I'm the president of the school board of what a local high school, and I'm like, that's. Do you have to have kids to be a president of a school board? I don't know why you would want to fuck with school politics. I don't think that's an official requirement. Are you really super interested in what's going on in the local school board, man? No, but I don't have any interest in that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think any sane person does. Like, let me get involved with people's hmm. kids and their lives. I, I need to do that. I feel like you have kids and that's what sucks you in. You're like, this shit's fucked up. I can probably do a better job. And then they, they get you tricked. They get you caught in the okay. system. I think you could see the larger problems and go, this shit's fucked up. Let me get involved <laughs> without having kids. Ah, uh, nah. No? Impossible? No. no. Okay. I don't I mean, sad it, but, fact, I right. feel like a. I feel like a person with no kids on a school board would be seen as creepy. What? Yep. 
this lady is creepy if she's on the school board with no kids. Especially a dude. I mean, that's not fair, but it's it's the way it is. But yeah, sure, I feel like yeah. it's borderline. People people be all the time. Like anytime you're having an argument, well, what do you know? You don't even have kids. That would be a problem. Boom. Yeah. That's a conversation stopper, and there's not much you can say back to it. That's a career ender right yeah. there. <laughs> like yeah. you never get your foot in the door. Yeah, it's like going that. into a car engineer design consortium, and you've you don't even have your driver's license. Right. Oh yeah. Well, what do you know? You've never driven a car. Boom. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Turn the hoses on them. Turn uh, the hoses on this lady. Get her out of here. So uh, while downtown is playing, the trash man pulls up. He comes inside and he rips her to pieces. Which, oh man, another great one. Yep. Uh, we so apparently another ability that we forgot to discuss of the trash man is to cut electricity or cut just the lights because the compactor still works in her house. Yeah, the security cameras still work in that office. Like. He just cuts the lights somehow. He's got, I mean, he's supernatural. Can trash men do that? That'd be like the maintenance man. Yeah. Ooh, the maintenance man's coming to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The janitor. The janitor's coming to get you. I don't yeah. know. He's got one of Dumbledore's de-illuminator things. I, I, it's magic. What do you want? It is magic. Okay. Uh, Dana gets a call from Charlie, and she puts him on the phone with their mother, and it causes her to wake up, and she looks Molder right in the face and says, my son's name William too. And then she dies. And then dies. Chokes on her own tongue. It's pretty brutal. I thought it was a nice little touch before she gets the call where they're talking about, you know, the the ability to wish someone back to life. Uh Mulder's like, yeah, I invented that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I guess it was before the Matrix, yeah? So maybe he did invent it. I I don't Certainly know. Not like, in it, it's, it's pretty tropey though. Put someone on the speakerphone right. and, and lie that they're here, and then you trick the person. And she died out of the, just to get payback. Yeah, like, I guess. oh, you tricked me. Fine. Oh, I'm oh die. Charlie's not here. Well, William, I'm William, 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 and this <laughs> yeah. dies. Some cryptic shit, and then I'm out. <laughs> uh, Scully cries a bunch, and she's sure. confused as to why her mom would say this thing about William before she died. And she decides, I need to go to work immediately, and she takes off down the hall. No. She gets her jacket. Can I also say, why Why is Scully... <sighs> I get it. Do you, you? Need, you need to loosen your tie a bit, right? Okay. If you're Mulder, you take the tie down a notch. Okay. But Mulder doesn't undo even his top button. He's uh-huh. like still got it all together. Scully's just hanging out everywhere. Okay. Scully's got her shirt so far unbuttoned. <laughs> That you can see her navel. It's seriously it's not her navel, but the, her cleavage is just hanging out. In How did scenes. I not notice this? I'm usually I a hawk know. on that kind of stuff. I'm a cleavage hawk. It's it's incredible. Like maybe one the, more button. Maybe the and... woman's profound grief was was dragging my eyes up to her, to to meet the windows of her soul. Like I, you know, I, sure. I was able <laughs> sure. to suppress the animal part of me long enough <laughs> to overlook. Now that's the, a performance. The, that's... <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I, I so I saw some people giving the writer shit about Scully having this reaction. I thought this is an entirely believable Scully reaction. Completely, yeah. I can't handle this shit. I'm not super emo. I don't like being emotional. I don't like mm-hmm. doing this stuff. So time to work. Got to work. Absolutely. I, I think a lot of professionals, like really driven people, uh, can get into that mode. Sure, where they deal with things by like. Putting them out of their mind by doing work, turning yourself into a machine, and just doing things mechanically. Yeah, that's how you. That's how to stamp all that emotion down. Absolutely. Uh, so back at the lab, here's here's where the technician explains 
the type of paint in these samples that Mulder brought to him. It's only high-end spray paint because that's track what, back to that's a what a homeless store. graffiti artist used, only the highest of quality. Right, 40 bucks a can. Like, yeah. I found it a little fish, a little strange in this episode that there was one store in Philadelphia that sold it, and not only was this homeless guy running around buying the paint, but sure. the store itself was a shit show. Yeah, like it was a just a piece, a a dump. I mean, is this like is there like hipster graffiti store that look like dumps for authenticity, but they sell only the highest end Maybe. spray paint? Maybe. I mean, you can't go to like Home Depot. Yeah, go to a Lowe's and pick up this high end spray paint. Yeah, that's the thing. If there was, if there existed such a thing as premium high end spray right. paint, which I get, there are different, you know. Oh, certainly. Yeah, but. If such a thing existed, you would think any of the big box hardware stores would carry it. Exactly. Yeah. Other than, you know, this shitty hardware store. Oh, it's so bad. Anyway, they follow the guy who bought that type of paint from the hardware Super store. Super effective stakeout. Like, it hits pay dirt immediately. Well, they just didn't show us the boring parts. <laughs> the, the multiple days of them waiting for yeah, this guy to show up. Yeah. Mulder okay. hanging around in that paint store, people giving him maybe, the side may, eye. Maybe he's just prolific. He's just working all the time. He's uh, spray painting... Three three story so. images of the band aid nose man every night, and he's mm-hmm. got he's going through cans like uh, a three year old goes through Pez. But I think the spray, I don't think they have to actually paint those images. I think that's just the band aid nose man putting himself into well, a, yeah, a he place. did like, deny that he did the yeah. You're right. I think you're right. So what does he even need the spray paint for? Like, well, I he think does he's also just taking it to this artist. Who yeah, lives who in the does basement. create art? He yeah. lives with his creepy golem creatures, and he he makes art. Right. So I guess the bandit nose man, when he becomes art, is made out of the same type of paint. Well, then he would show up on a spectrograph because that's what they did to get this paint. So that's obviously wrong. Well, he's he's made out of that type of paint when he's paint, and when he's <laughs> when he's not paint, he's ethereal. I guess I don't know. He's ectoplasm. I can't explain it, man. Yeah, me either. Anyway, they follow this guy and leads him to a, an abandoned building where he runs off. Um, they they go deeper into the building. They see some creepy shit, and they find this guy hiding from the trash man. Is he? Because that's the other thing that I he didn't understand is. about this episode. He's like legitimately freaked out. Like, turn off the lights because if they can't see me, they can't kill me. And I can't see them. Smash yeah. cut after the commercial to him sitting Indian style with all kinds of candles and all kinds of light in the same office with the door open. Like, are these things a threat or aren't they? Right. Or is this guy just crazy? I believe that as well. I was a little confused by the scenario here. You got to love, though, the twin flashlights crossing to form the X. I do. I, I do love it. Yeah. Like, it's the most obvious stupid thing in the world, but it's kind of like the bat signal. Like, uh-huh. anytime the bat signal shows up, you're never going to be like, oh, lame. I want to say that was like a one of the posters for this season or something. Not that particular shot, but Flashlight's Crossing. Might have been. Uh, I think so. Also, like, uh, I, I like the fact that they've upgraded. They've got, like, really nice flashlights. Hmm. Back in the old days, they were carrying those uh, you know little tiny ones, bullshit yeah. incandescent single bulb jobs. Now they got like those are proper torches, man. Yeah, might even be LED. Can, I don't know. You can cut Darth Maul in half with those things. Darth Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Uh, so they start talking to this guy, and he explains that he created the idea of the Trash Man as basically a representative for the homeless, um, because people treat the homeless like trash, and they have no voice. He created a voice for them, and that's Trash Man. 
In the same no, he's the Band-Aid Nose Man. Well, okay. Yeah, he's a Band-Aid Nose Man. I'm the Trash Man. <laughs> At the same time, Scully's realizing that this analogy of discarding people like trash applies to her son and that she's responsible. And there's a lot of like heavy-handed, both heavy-handed societal stuff here and heavy-handed Scully-son relationship stuff. So this guy has been making, manufacturing these things for some time. He like has this ability down. It seems like those things wandering around downstairs might have been the practice, like the the rough pieces of art. Is that it because he he's also said that they're fading? I took it that that um, after you know he conjures oh. their thought purpose that they actually physically de- decayed and de- uh, corrode. Huh. But he said the Band Aid Man is different. Yeah, like he's unfadeable and 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 whatnot. Um, but I didn't understand. Like I, I mean, they're super creepy, but. On multiple watches and thinking about it, they didn't really make sense. Okay. Right. You know, like... Well, uh, some ideas are also like that, right? I mean, this is all a yeah, metaphor yeah, yeah. for ideas having power, sure. Uh, sure. changing things through through thought and art and expression. Uh, so, so some ideas aren't going to stick, right? Some ideas will rise and fade. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe those were the, the other creatures down there. Yeah, it's also really weird for me to see Scully seeing weird shit and it kind of not being a big deal because usually in the X-Files, her job is to just miss it or see something and, like, I don't know what I saw mm-hmm. or, well, there's got to be an explanation for it. This is just, like, she's going to sit and listen to this guy talk about conjuring stuff out from his own consciousness uh-huh. and she sees a bunch of horrific claymation bullshit outside and it's just like she just takes it in stride. I get it she's distracted by her mother and William and she's kind of very yeah. borderline comatose throughout this entire interview, but it was weird for me to see her that kind of passive in this. Yeah, not especially when this guy is just like begging for someone to jump oh, yeah. in with some rationality. Right, right. Golems, whatever, te- tepus, tepus. Yeah. yeah. Tekus, I don't know. I tried to do I tried to run this Tulpa thought form stuff down. Tulpa. Tulpa. Uh it is a rat's nest. Like all the Wikipedia in the world wasn't wasn't helping me out. So I I don't know who's right. I don't know if Trashman's right, Mulder's right, Mulda's circa Arcadia's right. It's just okay. a branch of mythology that I don't really understand. I was going I was I actually when they started talking this stuff, I'm like, I did, really they're not just he made something out of clay. This is a fucking golem. Why are we going to this other school of thought? But hmm. whatever, man. All right. In fact, I thought that was the kind of one of the gags is that the trash man literally is that clay statue he's got in his office. Yeah, I don't I'm not sure what to think about that, especially given the ending the in- where he turns it into a happy face. Yeah. Or the trash man is now happy that and he's, has like, he's- turned into yeah, like are the homeless did? safe now? They're all good, right? They, they, right. They, they just, they just. But then uh, you also all... got the trash man in his painting form. Or sorry, sure. not the trash man. The bandaid nose man in his yeah. painted form up on the wall. So, yeah. is which that like one some is kind actually of him? Voodoo doll, where he can call him off by making a smiley face? Because that's what I thought. That's what I guessed. Yeah, and Scully's. It seemed like it, she hit the mark when she's like, "Well, you're no better than the people you're angry with," which I thought mm-hmm. was a pretty shallow analysis. I would have shot back like. No, I'm angry about the way these people treat the homeless, and my thoughts took action, and, like, are you not angry with how they're treating the homeless? 
Like, right, and there's also the it's idea... It's not my fault that I conjured a rage monster that's doing something <laughs> about it. And that's the thing, right? Some some ideas can get away from you, too, become bigger than you, and le- you can lose control of them. Certainly. Uh, so, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of good, interesting metaphor in here. Uh, I just... I don't know. It got a little too much at points. Sure. With his explanation. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I'm broadly in agreement with a lot of it, but yeah, like it's, I can't even imagine someone who, you know, doesn't give a shit one way or another about the problem with homelessness and trash and, sure. yeah. you know, it's just like, whatever, whatever, man. Uh, I also really like this actor who's playing the trash man. Who I th- is I thought he? he was he's really got a very good. distinctive vocal pattern. He does, yeah, but I felt like it fit perfectly for like a homeless artist type. No, I've known guys like this. Guy who lives on the street, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 taken a few too many hits and a few too many tokes and right. You know, read from a very select branch of the library and, and <laughs> the, 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 you know which branch is that? Something in metaphysics, probably. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, so he he starts uh, warning them that they're moving the homeless out tonight, and the trash man is likely to strike. So they we go over to the shelter. Uh, Landry's being chased by the trash man as Mulder and Scully try to reach him and save him. And Landry's torn apart in the showers, and the trash man disappears. Sure, uh, super. Uh, I thought it was a good, uh, a nice tense scene. Mm-hmm. A, a nice, effective use of the long hallway fake out, and it's really it's the monsters behind you and the shower. Although I do Monsters feel everywhere, yeah, I, I do feel like that again. They kind of screwed up with showing so many close ups of, of his face at this point. Um, yeah. They don't show the rip this time. Nope. Which, you know, no. Nope. I'll forgive him. I'll uh, forgive him for not showing it. One thing I didn't we I forgot to talk about in the previous scene is all the intercuts with flashbacks of William, like William, and I I was gone for all this in the X Files. Like I guess. Scully gave birth on air with Mulder catching the baby and like all these flashback scenes of William okay. and Crib. Like I, these are stuff like I this is all new footage to me, mm-hmm. but I could tell you know just by looking at uh, Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny these were flashbacks, but right. they didn't mean anything to me. I yeah, wonder me if you suffered through the last two episodes of the X Files or the last two seasons of the X Files if it meant more to you. Probably. I mean, I'm sure there's context around it that they were implying that we just didn't get. Well, I thought it was interesting that the director himself had left after season four. And so he said, I was completely ignorant of all the William stuff. I had to bone up and do a bunch of research and find the clips and stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, really weird, really weird to, to, to drill into that material. I wonder if that's a Chris Carter thing. Like, hey, everybody, get on board with the William thing because that's what this season's going to be about. Apparently. So if you want to tie your, your shit into the myth arc, get on board. Because it didn't seem like something he organically just decided, ah, as an X-Files writer, I need to address this. Yeah, it seems purposeful. Uh, the artist changes the trash man's face to a smiley face, and he leaves the building. And we see the painting on the wall of the Band-Aid Nose Man. Uh, or or maybe he he didn't change the face. Maybe the face changed itself. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a big smiley face. I mean, I'm fine with a lot of the Monster of the Week stuff being relatively unexplained, mm-hmm. and it's just like just throw stuff up there to make it cool and have people wonder about. So right, yeah, I don't need know. all the answers. Nah, nah. Uh, and then Scully tells Mulder in the final scene that she knows why her mom mentioned Charlie. It's because Charlie was her responsibility, and she wanted to make sure they'd be responsible for making sure William is okay. 
A lot of making sure there. Uh, she also <laughs> laments that she'll never know certain things about William. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for instance, that she doesn't know about the quarter. Yep. And what that meant. The quarter is symbolic so. of her mystery that she'll never get solved. Yes. Which I I guess, I'm I'm assuming she's going to carry this around with her now. Yeah, I would suspect. She's Unless she, like, heart of the oceans it or something. <laughs> I don't know. She throws it into a landfill and a, gar- and a garbage <laughs> William crawls out heart nine of the months later. Uh-huh. Uh, Celine Dion sings, my trash will go on. <laughs> How'd you like the shooing, uh, horning in I Want to Believe in the fourth consecutive yeah. episode? It's good. It's good stuff. I'm not sure about that. And <laughs> I, like, as long I as wanted, they do it in the next two. I, wa- I mean, it's just like she's go- giving everything in this performance. Mm-hmm. And she says to, to Coveney with a straight face, I want to believe that we didn't throw away our son like trash. I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, I guess that people like, I, you know, you hear people, they're grieving say ridiculous things that don't make sense or they're trying to blame themselves or it's like all these ways you deal with grief. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I mean, but on the other hand, I don't sometimes like, uh, I, that's not the kind of realism I'm looking for in my drama. Sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for something that's actually been written, written out and structured and yeah, nobody wants polished. To, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say nobody wants to watch reality TV. That's totally not true. That's, yeah. Uh, sure. That's not what I want my dramas to be. Yeah. I want them to be scripted and well-written. Yeah. Uh, but I also, there's something that kind of bu- bugged me about Scully essentially saying, I'm fine with being your second banana. <laughs> like, I'm going to stick through by your side. What? We're going to answer all of your big mysteries, Mulder. But my mysteries, you know, is essentially they're only important to me. Okay. And... You know, Mulder's not saying anything through all this. He's yeah. just like his response is to hug her, which, you know, fair enough. Mm. But I was a little bugged by that, too, that, you know, this is essentially Scully devoting her life to answering all of his big questions to the detriment of herself. Okay. Understandable. Yeah. I What can she go track down William? Can she do anything about this? Like, I don't know. Is that what they is that what she wants? Or is that just what she needs to know. say in the moment? I don't I don't know either. I wish I wish they had Mulder say something kind of interesting. Did you know? So she calls Mulder Fox in this episode. Oh, okay. I know that that was kind of an anomaly uh, that didn't happen very often. I didn't realize how many times do you think she's called her him Fox in the series. I would guess five. Apparently, only one other time. Holy shit! Which season do you think the last re- reference to Fox was? I think I know this. I think it was the final season of the original run. Wrong. Really? First season, episode 22. It's the Tombs. First season. Tombs, or Tombs episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first. Huh. So to me, when I found that out, I'm like, well, that almost seems like that one time they slipped up and used zombies in The Walking Dead. It was just almost like continuity. Right. Like, oh, we now understand that Mulder and Scully have this special relationship that even though they're incredibly intimate, they're always going to refer to each other as Mulder and Scully. Uh-huh. So her Connor Fox, I I, it's weird because my fan fuzzy fuzzy fan memory. I was kind of like you. It's like I knew it. It was sparingly used, right. but it's kind of like it, it, in my my mind, I invented it all, made it all up. But it's like you know, that's like when you know and understand that they're extra special, intimate. But apparently not. Huh. And again, I don't. I didn't do this research myself. I'm just going by what the 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 director was saying in this interview, right? And what people were saying on the X Files subreddit. 
Okay. But that kind of bugs me in retrospect. It's like in season 10, he's bust out Fox. Yeah. Like they've been through some shit where Fox might have been busted out before. Hmm. Oh. All right. Well, that's it for the episode. Uh, do we want to do some feedback? So let me, let me comments? ask you something about this episode order. Yeah. Because this is a big uh, Seppenwall fear mongering theory mm-hmm. that, you know, Chris Carter saw the episodes, was worried about how they're going to play in the order. So he switched things around. Uh, what if this was the second episode of the X Files season? I mean, I don't think, I actually think this was up there with, I guess, the Were Monster episode, which everybody thinks is great. Like, I think it's better. I thought it was better than the Founders mutation. And hmm. it was creepier and scarier than the Weir Monster, but not as funny and self-referential. So I, I guess... So if they just swapped this in Founders mutation? My, my only thing is, like, I guess it would have been weird to have Scully first day back on the job, your mom dies. Sure. Like, that's kind of... Um, There's an implied passage of time here that yeah. helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe switching the, the order up there, I, I felt it kind of kind of helped it. Yeah, that first episode is really puzzling to me. Are you talking about my struggle? Yeah. it's It seems to be the piece of the puzzle that belongs in a different box. Like... It's going. It's they got like this next up week. And misprinted it. The next two weeks got to come around, right? We got to get the William. I can't imagine that it won't. And we got it because because it's almost like if they leave the final episode to address both William and the <laughs> the global conspiracy. the newly global uh-huh. human conspiracy to human alien fake alien stuff. So, mm-hmm. I feel like that's too much for one episode. Yeah, I do. But too. they kind of need to like spend these next two episodes on on myth arc stuff. I, if they. Unless Don't ever come back to that. I'm mm. gonna just. I'm. I'll just think. What the fuck? Like, Although I guess you could deal with mold. The, the William thing could continue to be a B plot in a otherwise engaging Monster of the Week episode. But surely, sure, yeah. surely, if they're going to do anything, the finale episode is going to come back to the Myth Arc. Yeah, it's got to. In my, I opinion. would think so. God, I would think so. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right if it doesn't. Uh, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're right about. You know, Scully, Scully's mom dying immediately yeah. when she gets back might have been a little weird. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so Dan from Philly writes in. We got some feedback. You can send your feedback to xfiles at baldmove.com or get on our forums, forums.baldmove.com, and discuss it with us there. Uh says, hey, guys, I'd like to talk about the soylent green homages in this week's episode. Uh, now, before I go on, I oh, want to say... These. I have seen Soylent Green. It's been a long time, and yep. I, I can't speak with authority on any of this stuff. But if you're a big Chuck Heston fan or a Soylent Green fan or a fan of dystopian, cannibalistic future uh, science fiction, then then maybe this will be of interest to you. He said, from the iconic trash truck amid a swarm of homeless to Dana's mother's living will provisions, even Dana uses the term going home in reference to it. Uh, which I assume is what uh, they, maybe that's a euphemism they use when they put old people to sleep in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or the images of bodies and trash trucks and compactors. I don't know what your take on the episode is yet, but when you throw in loving glances at one of the most important movies in my life, I gotta say it's a home run. Hmm. Don't care who agrees with me, but give me six episodes like this once a year, and I'd be happy. I do broadly agree with that. Yeah, I think yeah. this is a good Monster of the Week episode. Just a couple touches away from being a great one. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm also Philly born and bred, and while they got the names of the streets and areas right, that shit town is nowhere near as nice as Vancouver. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Uh, you got to expect a little, you know, some measure of uh, 
that when when you're dealing with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Pine on the forum said, "I feel like this was a decent Monster of the Week episode, one that fit pretty well within the original run, including the fact that Mulder and Scully are absolutely useless in the entire episode." But I was kind of bored by it. Did anyone find that ending too? That's I mean, you cocked your head at kind of useless, but do you disagree? I take Mulder and Scully out of the right. Sequence I mean, of they Vince, didn't. What changes? They didn't catch the monster in the end, but like, I don't know. They're the vehicle through which the story is told. I mean, without they're essentially them, us as the audience. They just go. They just observe. Right. They're right. just there to observe. You and know, and questions. they tackle a, a perp every once in a while. Sure. Yeah. Uh, did anyone else find the ending too abrupt? I had to rewind my DVR to see if I didn't miss something. They're in a room with the last dead guy, and suddenly the street artist guy is leaving, and they're talking about William. Which brings me to the elephant in the room. I think it's incredible that they keep bringing up William, but neglect to mention why he was put up for adoption. Yes, the whole original reason for that was convoluted and silly as hell, but if you're going to have extended takes of Scully wondering if she did the right thing and all that, you'd think that at least once Mulder would be like, hey... You know, he had no choice. It was either that or he'd lead the alien colonists to victory and the destruction of the entire world. Okay. I mean, we talked about that, and, <laughs> right. you know, I feel like maybe... I don't know why they want to run away from that plot instead of embracing it and be like, we... I mean, there's some real angst in, like, if you give up your child because you think it's saving the world and and him by extension... There's some real angst to realizing that you and your lover bet on the wrong horse. Don't so they... why don't they just go with that instead of this? I you know. Well, we... I don't know if they want to do that every episode. Like every time they mention William, they've got to be like, "Well, we did it for the right reasons." But and... throw throw him away for like. Tra- no, you didn't they... throw him away like trash. This wasn't like, "Oh God, William, get him the hell out of here." Right, but oh, I was baby. I don't view that as fact. What she's saying, I view that as her, her stating, fear. yeah, her fears and her guilt and her feelings I wish she'd said it rephrase it as like from because I think there was sometimes in the speech where it made it very clear that she was worried about him like the life of an orphan wondering if my parents did this wondering what I meant to them that kind of thing but at the end it was like I worry that we threw him away like trash if she had just said I wonder if he thinks that we threw him away as trash that would have made a lot of these complaints go away yeah, but still, again, I feel like the more ang- the 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 genuine pathos here is that you fucked up. You guys thought that you knew something, and you you, you bet wrong. Yeah, I think the the bigger thing is how often do they think about him? How often do does he enter into their lives? You mm-hmm. know, because that's that's the trash angle too. Is yeah, you discard it without a second thought. Now, I will say. That the one thing that might have worked better is all of the flashback, the the imaginary flashbacks to the past that never happened. Hmm. You know okay. that that that, that, that we m- saw a couple episodes. Yeah, that that if you think that the, the intended order was supposed to be that after this episode, all of those things of Dana were wondering about what he would be huh. like and growing up and Mulder and but still that fear, that essential fear that something was going to happen to him. Yeah, pl- I feel like it would play a lot better. It would give them a reason to start thinking about William over and over sure, again, right? Sure. I wonder if there's a way they could have done, like, if they could have gone, maybe the, maybe they should have hit him right with the Weir Monster, number two, then go with Trash Man, then go with I'd Founders be fine Mutation. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I don't know why they didn't. Maybe they just. They thought people would freak out if they went super heavy myth arc and then nothing to do with myth arc. Like, yeah, I, 
I, I don't know. I didn't feel like episode two had much to do with this. This season holds together about as well as the Band-Aid Nose Man's nose. It <laughs> needs a lot of narrative Band-Aids to hold it in uh. place. It's kind of, it's, it's really, it's really messy. Uh, anyway, it seems like the consensus on the forum was that this episode is quote unquote boring, which I didn't, I, I didn't get that criticism. So. And I, I, man, I continually, I feel like I'm off the page of the fans. Like when they're right. loving it, I'm, I'm, I'm not hating it, but I'm kind of like, Arms crossed, eyes narrowed. Okay, sure. And I, when they're hating it and bored, I'm finding it tense and effective. What I yeah. am I losing? Am I losing, losing my touch? Your grip on reality? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I found this episode entertaining because, like, f- they started off in spectacular fashion with a couple of arm rips, and I just I was constantly waiting for the next arm rip to happen. Like, sure. Wh- who's going to have their arms ripped off next? Uh, the other thing is. Um, if we're going to go back to minor bitches, they make it pretty clear these people are not despicable, but they're, you know, they're the banality of evil, right? Who, the homeless? No, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. The the, the people who the, are The school board bitch and yeah, the HUD yeah. dicks. Mm-hmm. So there's this element of these people deserve what's coming to them, right? Do you think sure, it would have yeah. been a little bit more effective if they were truly innocent? Yes. Well, Yeah. I mean, I was cackling out loud when they had yeah, their, sure. their parts ripped. With the down, downtown. Yeah, but I mean, sure. If you want to go for effect, yeah. The innocent being ripped apart is more dramatic. All right, Joe Pine's got a point here about this boredom thing. Because the thing, the reason I think why the episodes like this one bore me today, why I probably would have loved it 20 years ago, is because the whole Monster of the Week versus Myth Arc split seems like such a dated concept. It might have been very innovative back in the day to have long-running mystery to go along with what was essentially a sci-fi procedural. But nowadays, with so many tightly plotted dramas out there, the split makes the whole thing seem less consequential. I don't think it makes sense anymore to have this hard and clear split between Monster of the Week and Myth Arc. By having the split, it first telegraphs and nothing consequential will really happen in the episode. So, even if they bring up William, they can't deal with any of the heavy issues around it because it's just a Monster of the Week. Second, it kind of makes the story feel small. Hey, we have a global conspiracy of far-reaching implications, but let's set that aside for a second to figure out this one murder here. Finally, at this point, I can't even remember what the plot was about. Or the pilot, rather. The Darren Morgan episode is great, but everything else has been kind of meh. And that's what I've been saying this whole time. That with a six-episode run, and all the time in the world, because, like, there's... There's no pressure to bring it back at any given time. Yeah. Why not have, if you want Monster of the Week, they have to tie tightly into the overall investigation because I feel like now, finally, most of the fandoms are saying we don't have the patience to deal. And again, the stakes are so high. And Mulder and Scully have been through so much that it's reductive to just have them fucking around with a lizard man and a garbage monster when the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Sure. Yeah. And you have to have better ideas. Like, they need to hit something that we understand as fans as a, a real dead end that they're kind of scrambling, like, what to do next. But I, it just seems like it's not that hard to have these these cases tie together into something larger. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think it's totally invalid to to have this structure. Like, I, I don't think just because so many shows are doing it, doing the tightly plotted serialized thing so well that you can't do a show like this. No, but I feel like I think the, there's room what for the it. X-Files used to do more successfully is there would be, in the seasons, you'd have, like, mini trilogies. Right, You know, yeah. like, you'd have procedural, 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 and then you'd have a three-part kind of story that takes place over three consecutive episodes. 
Because it would be weird that Mulder and Scully would go off to do something else when, you know, that was the big criticism after you had Fight the Future. You come back to the next season of X-Files and it's business as usual. Like, it didn't feel like this is something that changed our characters' perspectives and lives. And I do feel like, yes, there's nothing wrong with the format. It's the fact that the format hasn't aged and matured with the series and the characters and the mythology. And especially if you come out to six episodes... I, you know, having a couple disconnected monster weeks is disappointing to me. I'm sorry, it is. No, I agree. And and I, the X-Files feels like a show that wants to have a bigger myth arc, right? Yeah. That wants to be that tightly plotted, serialized. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just feels like a perfect fit for some of the modern type of show, show uh, formats, but... That's not what X-Files is or has been in the past. I mean, I mean, they could change it. Why couldn't the Trash Man be, you know, an es- escapee from a government program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can conjure these things out of his mind. That's what you, you, don't, you don't go into an episode knowing that, but you find out that it ties back or maybe Mulder suspected. I, 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 again, I'm not a writer for Hollywood television, and I probably wouldn't do a better job if I was asked to do it. I'm just saying that. Given that you had all the time to polish this and get it right, why go with like just your first ideas off the top of your head? Well, I mean, I don't know if that's what they did, but maybe that's just how they see the X Files. Hmm. They see it as the show that it was, and they don't want to change it because yeah. that's the show that they want to give the fans who love that old stuff. And you, you got that in this interview with Morgan, where he's talking about like the fact that even when he wasn't working on the X-Files, he would continually write X-File episodes. Huh. Because he'd have an idea that it's like, oh, man, if I ever do this again, I'm going to tuck this away in my file. And he's like, the, the interviewer asked, like, why do you think that is about the X-Files? He's like, well, it's because it's rarely that you get into some kind of network project like this where you have complete total freedom to tell whatever story you want. Hmm. Well, what we've just said here, what Joe Pine said and what I've said and what I've been saying for a couple of weeks is you no longer have that creative freedom or it comes at the expense of fan frustration. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Carter got together by and they're like, "Yeah, we'll write a we'll write a one shot episode with you, Chris." But nobody really wanted to come together and 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 tell something more cohesive. Or they didn't feel like they had to. Yeah, yeah. If it come, I, if it, if it does come back, I hope they learn from this and either have a longer take, like a 10, 12 episode run, or much more focused. Which might yeah. not feel like X Files. Like so many of these these prestige dramas, though, are also on like the smaller networks. Smaller being relative, whatever. Sure. Uh, when you go to actual big ass network television, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of stuff is more procedural and more sure, like just kind of cordoned off into each episode. I I don't know if Fox just has that view of television where that's what it needs to be. Like maybe on FX, this would be different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you had that, like, Lost. On ABC, was not CBS, a, a NBC, one of those. I mean, they're, they're, I feel like networks have been Certainly, playing yeah. around with that format, and I just kind of disappointed have. to see Carter return and with the product essentially unchanged. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, I heard that there, uh, there's plans to build more DeLoreans. Right. If they literally roll a DeLorean off the plant and it's exactly the same car they were making in the early 80s, after if people get their nostalgia fill on, who buys that? Like, it's got to right. have some modern touches to it. It needs a flux capacitor. <laughs> the, the very least. needs to have a flux uh, capacitor. You know, you can't, you just can't just run it back and be like, hey, I mean, when they remade the Beetle, the Volkswagen Beetle, 
It wasn't yeah. the old Beetle from the the seventies. It was a sure. revamped, modern, nice looking um, callback, but to still it. recognizably Beetle. Yeah, yeah, and that's not what Carter. Car, you know, Carter's came back with the the Volkswagen, right? Yeah, it's still you still had the the yeah. swastika stamped on the engine side. Like it's like no, you, you got to at least change that, Chris. Right. I'm glad I'm not super invested in this show. Yeah, as like you know, a thing that I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I can more just sit back and kind of let it be the thing it's going to be. All right, fair and enough. Then, and try to enjoy it from that angle because, like, if I was steeped in the X-Files, I might be a little more disappointed. Or if I was expecting this to be the next Breaking Bad mm-hmm. or whatever, I might be more disappointed. All right. But I'm just having fun with it, you know? No, it's, uh, that's the thing. Like, I maybe I should stop trying to do these things because uh, it gets in the way of the fact that I am enjoying. I'm okay. just also a little bit wistful for what it could have been. Right, right. You know, it's kind yeah. of like edging close to Walking Dead criticism, but <laughs> that's kind of like my central thing. It's like what the show could be and what it is, there's a gap between them, and with the talent level involved with everyone, it's just kind of disappointing. Gotcha. That's all I got for this week. Um, okay. If you'd like to send feedback, xfiles at baldmove.com. Or forums.baldmove.com. We got two more episodes. That's we'll it. What they do Just with two it. more. That's and crazy. Then next week, man, we got it's a bonanza. It's everything's starting back up. We got uh, Walking Dead on Sunday night. We got Better Call Saul on Monday night. We got two more first run movies. We got tons of stuff. Uh, oh, oh, that's it's... right. Deadpool. We got. We'll have a review of the review Deadpool of this the week. Probable disaster. <laughs> uh, Deadpool. Uh, we'll have that up on Friday, early Friday. Yeah, that's exciting. Lots of good stuff going on. Uh, so check that out on our website, baldmove.com. And I guess we'll see you guys next uh, Wednesday. Is that when we do these things? That's when, when we do today? these things. It seems to be what the calendar Wednesday. says. All right. <laughs> good. We'll see you guys then. See you for hump day. <laughs>